The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, dum-dums? It's hard to believe, but football is almost back. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity because who doesn't like making money? If you want to get into the action with a trusted company that's been around for years, MyBookie is the place for you. It's easy, no hassle, mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport imaginable. MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. I'm too messed up talking about it. If you deposit today with MyBookie, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. If you put in $100, they will give you $50 for free. That's almost half. So go to MyBookie and sign up today with the promo code ARMCHAIR. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. It's been a long time since you've heard from us. This is the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is condom non-wearer number one, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also joining us, condom non-wearer number two, Caleb Bungard. Hello, kids. Condoms are for sailors. Yeah. Stupid. Somebody told me something a long time ago that I think is there's a lot of wisdom in it, and that is you shouldn't fuck with two things. Rattlesnakes and condoms. <laughs> well, you guys have taken that to heart because earlier in the year, Colin, you had your fourth child. And uh, as of, what, a week ago now, Caleb? Yeah, about a week. Caleb had just had baby number two. Yeah. But uh, nobody's going to be able to say that me and Caleb don't know how to jizz inside our wives. <laughs> no, I've never heard it yet. <laughs> no, no one said it. <laughs> well, they'd be uh, foolish to say it. We would be lying if we said that's the reason we haven't been on the air. It's be- <laughs> right? I mean... Part of it is, uh, A, me no-showing when we were going to do one well, one time. Yep. yep and uh, B, nothing to fucking talk about all goddamn summer. Nope, that's true. I mean, there have been little things here and there. And I know there's guys who do podcasts in the midst of the summer, but God, what the fuck are you going to talk about? There has been nothing happening. Those guys don't play golf. Yeah, you know <laughs> what? And and those guys' shows um, aren't entertaining when there is stuff to talk about. <laughs> that's true. So uh, might as well just, uh, we don't, we don't want to... I don't know. We don't want to be those guys. No. Uh, so we have uh, been off. We have taken some time away from the podcast microphone. But we figured football's getting close now. Yeah, I think sure we're is. about a month away from uh, Tiger football actually being here. And so we uh, got the gang together again. To- and you can tell the optimism is growing. Uh, the, the fever is, is, is coming mm-hmm. on Twitter because suddenly, uh, a lot of football talk. Um, we always notice it because the Twitter follows start piling in for no reason. It's like 33 days. 
Was that right? Yeah, it's getting close. Mm -hmm. You can just tell people are starting to get amped up about football. And there's reason to be amped up this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Missouri is looking to be, well, I guess the SEC media projects them to be third this year in uh, the the media predicted it at SEC media days. And when the SEC media says we're going to be third, that's like the normal media saying we're going to be uh, national champions. Yeah, that's like uh, saying that we're going to conquer the universe. Because we usually save a spot in the sixth or seventh hole <laughs> yeah. for Missouri Tigers. The question usually is, is Missouri going to be better than Vanderbilt? <laughs> right. And this year people think, yeah, it will be. You know, the it, I'll never tire of complaining about that um, that perception, too, because it's like, we just, you know, we pretty well own uh, Tennessee. We pretty well own Florida. We just, you know, we've won the SEC East twice since joining the league. You know, we were good in the Big 12. There's no reason that they should look at us like we're Vanderbilt, right. but I'll be damned if they don't. <laughs> I know, especially a team like Florida, who we clobbered last year. <laughs> don't forget we clobbered Tennessee, too. Really. Yeah, but Florida is projected to be number two this year. Who we clobbered. And won 10 games last year. And you know, One of the two losses was us when we clobbered them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we've given a little bit of a body of evidence to say that we can play some fucking football. Well, I think um, if there's any population of this country that is impervious to facts, it is the South. Facts <laughs> ain't going to bother them. Yeah, I mean, they, they're still confused about who won a war several couple hundred years ago. That's what I was going to say. Change <laughs> is a big one they're not really fond of. Change. Uh, so I guess, I guess we can catch up on a few of the things that happened over the summer while we were away. One of them I wanted to bring up with you guys is the unfortunate case of Jonte Porter, who, uh, you know, in all likelihood looked like he was going to be high draft NFA NBA bound at some point in his career when we first got him. And, uh, boy, he flamed out in the NBA draft this year and people who know more than I do said, Oh no, there's a really good reason why he left college and was going to do this. But, um, I, they haven't said it in a way that makes sense to me yet. No, he's more disappointing than brand on the iron throne. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's saying something. Yeah. It, and I feel bad for him mostly because for us, it's just a talking point on a podcast, but for him, it's his career. Well, and he's, he's had two bad, he's, Two knee injuries now. His brother is may never play in the NBA uh, for injury's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they seem to have all the rigidity of an infant skull. That mm-hmm. family and their and their uh, their health. So you know, if you're drafting players, you look at this six ten finesse big guy who's got who's got one year mm-hmm. in college, and you go, well, do I want to draft him? I mean, his brother's you know still hasn't shown ten ply soft and what's me to this now here's his younger brother who's had two knee injuries already am i to expect more from him yeah and he's not as good as the guy they drafted before you know so uh, i don't know i i look at the jonte porter not getting drafted and it kind of like well duh mm-hmm. you know and i know there's people that are supposedly smarter at nba basketball certainly than me agents and scouts and uh, did nobody notice that he wasn't ready for the nba did nobody notice that he probably wasn't get drafted I don't fucking pay any attention. I could have told you the guy's not getting drafted. Yeah, I, I just want to ask the question, like, why did he feel like he had to leave this year? Because he, he played one season, and it was a season where he was supposed to be a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. He had so much more to show. And, and he was good. Yeah, he was He was a key part of that team. He couldn't he had, guard his position, uh-huh. and, and he, he was soft around the rim. But right. you could see the raw talent. His raw talent was as Better than anybody else we had on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, his brother was on that team, but wasn't on the court. Well, I mean, and you know, the only guy that even come close would be Tillman, and Tillman did not have his finesse, his level of skill, right. ball handling, passing. I mean, he was developmentally he was way ahead of where Tillman was at. 
Tillman was just a bull in a china shop. Well, it's sad, and I don't know enough about the NBA to say, will he be on a roster? Who's going to pick him up? Because there was reports that the Portland Trailblazers had signed him to a deal, um, and then he immediately came out and said that that wasn't true, and that was a month ago, and I haven't heard anything since. The NBA is kind of a weird duck, too. Like, I don't hold out much hope for him. I mean, like, they'll developmental league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there have been success stories from the D league, but it's, it's not like Major League Baseball's minor league. I don't think you can, you should, Crying too big a wet tears for him because he could he can play for six figures in Europe probably anytime he wants. So um, I mean maybe the NBA is now a dream slipped away and maybe not. But if it is a dream slipped away, they're still you know go play ball in Greece and make you know three hundred sixteen thousand dollars a year. It's a pretty decent living, and uh, you're still playing yeah. basketball for a living, and you're not fucking working in a coal mine. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/match. Just go to Indeed.com/match right now. And support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. I'm not going to, like I said, not going to cry any big wet tears for Jante. You're not fucking serving up smoothies. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't have to fucking pretend you're somebody and own a Smoothie King and be on a radio making $36 a day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... It's better than that. You'd be a douchebag in another country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd be a rich douchebag in another country. Switching gears all together from basketball, because we don't like to talk about basketball a lot until they're actually going to be good, and mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet. Uh, but <laughs> recruiting-wise, there's been a lot of talk this year about recruiting and Barry Odom sort of finding his groove. He's recruited mm-hmm. a lot of kids out of St. Louis and Missouri. Barry's which, got his groove back. Yeah, and we haven't done that in the last few years. We haven't you know, closed the borders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Things are looking better on the recruiting front. And then we got a really good setup this year. So uh, Barry Odom is sort of restocking the shelves better than he has in the first couple of years as a Mizzou head coach. Well, I think that's what everybody's hoping for. Barry Odom is going to find his footing as a coach, as a recruiter. I, you know, we if people were listening to this show three years ago, four years ago, when we were talking about Barry Odom, you know, this was part of what we talked about. Like, you were going to have growing pains when you give a guy his first opportunity. And uh, Barry Odom has definitely had some growing pains. I'm not going to say that I'm 100% sold on Barry Odom. There's still some game day decision stuff that baffles me. Mm-hmm. But he is definitely, you can see him coming into his own. And I think at SEC Media Days, 
you know, that was one of the stories about Barry Odom. If you were listening, was that he just seems more comfortable in his own skin. He's had a little success now in the league. He's better with the press, just in general. He's just more relaxed. He knows what he's doing. He's not the new guy. And uh, that Sandals helps. vacations will do that. Too. Yeah, it took the edge off. That Sandals vacation took the edge off. I think we're going to talk to Barry a little bit later in the show, I believe. It's been a long oh, time since we caught up with good. the old head ball sure. coach. Yeah. I'd like to see him because I saw a picture of my wife the other day on the Twitter box. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the child she was holding looked a lot like Barry. Mm. Uh, well, all kids look a little like Barry, I think. <laughs> yeah, no this kid. one looked a lot, <laughs> a lot like Barry. Uh, Caleb's got some questions for you, Coach. Yeah. Drank a 12-pack of stag last night. It's a week old. <laughs> yeah. The thing about Missouri and the recruiting, even though we are doing better uh, when it comes to our recruiting rankings, it's funny. We could be like, oh, Missouri, you know, they're up to 28th or 32nd in the recruiting rankings this year. Uh, we're still like 12th out of 14 in the SEC. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't sure. matter how good we get nationally. It's all in conference. Yeah, they were talking about Georgia you know, losing a couple of wide receivers. But, oh, don't worry, guys. They've got a five-star and a four-star freshman. They plan to plug right in this year. That's not, that's an advantage that Missouri doesn't typically get. You know, where Kirby Smart's got five, four- and five-star freshmen ready to roll right into those of those spots and fill those spots. Uh, mm-hmm. Missouri's got to work out a little, just a little harder than that. We struggle to get the five star commits, and that's really where. What is cl- Terry Beckner? Was he five star? He was. He's at, a home stater. Yeah, Doyle Green Beckham, same home situation. Stater, yeah. um, if we're going to get a five star, it's their their homegrown. Right, and 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 that's what jumps you up in the recruiting ranks. And I said, I just looked up Missouri's currently ranked thirty eighth as uh, according to rivals. You know, thirty eight is mm-hmm. uh, not good. I mean, we need to look at all the big programs in the country. But like I said, you're like 11, 12th out of 14. Well, and as a Missouri fan, if, if you've been you know, following Missouri football for any amount of time, you know that Missouri is a program built on three stars being turned into talent. Um, and if you're going to have success at sort of Missouri's tier in college football, that's what you've got to do. You know, that's what made Gary Pinkle successful ultimately. He could take a three-star guy and he could get the son of a bitch drafted. Um, that's He was the perfect – I'm not sure Gary Pinkle would have had – Tremendous success if he'd been given that opportunity at an LSU mm-hmm. or on an Auburn or Alabama because what Gary Pinkle did well fit Missouri well. You know what I mean? Like he could take that three star guy and make him into a five star, you know, got drafted on Sunday. But w- Gary Pinkle, I don't think anybody would say, boy, what a game day guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and ultimately, if you're getting five star recruiters. Or what a recruiter. Yeah. You know, so what I'm saying is like Gary Pinkle seemed to, his strength seemed to be development, player development. Mm hmm. At least in my mind, you don't have to worry too much about that if everybody you get's a fucking five-star recruit. So some of what he did really, really well just would have been flat negated if he'd had better talent almost. Yeah. You know, not that Gary Pinkle would have turned down five-star recruits, but Missouri and Gary Pinkle were a fit for that reason. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that, you know, Barry Odom is going that route because you've got two things. If you're running a program that's not Alabama or Georgia where recruiting, I'm sorry, it just sort of takes care of itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who your coach is. If you're Alabama, you're going to get a few five stars. At Missouri, you've got two things. You can either be one of those coaches who jumps up above themselves and seems to be able to recruit five-star kids even though they're – And then move on. And then mo- moves on or gets the uh, NCAA breathing down their throats because they're fucking cheating. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't cheat, and we still get in a lot of trouble. But anyway – or you can do what Gary Pinkle did and Barry Odom's trying to do. You can just live and breathe on those three-star recruits and coach them up to coach them up a star. Well, and what I mean, yeah, I think Kansas. This is lost on Kansas. Kansas is terrible, and Kansas needs to quit trying to catch light in a bottle with Charlie Weiss or, in this case, Les Miles. And they need to find a guy 
who can develop players because they're going to get two-star recruits. That's what Kansas does. If they're doing, if things are cooking, they're getting three-star recruits. Find a guy who's a, a, a player development guy. LSU, former head coach Les Miles, who's won a national championship, is not the answer at Kansas, guys. He's not injured. I mean, he's already won a national championship. You're his fucking retirement plan. You know what I mean? You're his fucking retirement plan. He doesn't need Kansas. He's going there because he wants, still wants to coach. Yeah. And he's over the hill. Nobody else wants him. Right. If he, if anybody else wanted him, guess where he wouldn't be right now? <laughs> well, I, I think mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. He wouldn't be at fucking Kansas. And so what I'm saying is like what they have done, rather than find somebody young who knows how player development, they've gone and hired some fucking big time coach who's, but ultimately over the hill in a retread. You know, it's like, you fucking idiots. I know. What are you doing? Yeah. And I'll eat, I'll gladly eat my words when, you know, Kansas won a 10 games a season with less miles at the helm. But you know what's not going to happen? Kansas won 10 games. <laughs> no, that is never happening. And you know what Les Miles is not going to do? Develop fucking two-star recruits into draft day fucking talent. Not no, he, he's, he can ruin five-star recruits. <laughs> yeah, I have a real good that. <laughs> I can fucking completely agree with that. Well, and I guess... Uh, Ask Andrew Marcus Russell. <laughs> As uh, I guess another Mizzou news update on the NCAA um, violations that we are on the hook for. Uh, the, nothing fucking has happened. I mean, Mizzou, nothing Mizzou, nothing will happen. The Mizzou leadership did go to Indianapolis and sort of pled their case uh, verbally instead of in writing. And then there's another waiting period. I have no optimism that we're going to get our bowl game back. Well, I just don't think that the NCAA, especially after they just slapped Ohio State on the wrist and just mm-hmm. loved utterly inconsistent fucking. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they're not utterly inconsistent when they're with what they lay down in their sanctions. Because if you're a team like Ohio State yeah, you're a blue chip or program. North Carolina, then you get no punishment. If mm-hmm. you're not a blue chip like Missouri, then we're going to bring the fucking house down on you. So that's consistent. Yeah, fucking assholes. Well, I, you know, Caleb said I don't think we're going to hear anything for a long time. And I hope you're right. But you know, I was watching the News Tribune's podcast uh, from a couple of weeks ago or so, and they were talking about they, whomever they were talking to, I don't even remember now, was saying that they they expected a decision. Before bowl season, before, you know, either before the season starts or during the season. And I thought, well, what gives you that idea? You know, because like if you were Mississippi, you waited like a fucking year and a half. I don't know. I just don't know where that comes from. But my hope is that they do fucking drag their feet. You know what I mean? If, if we can get into a bowl this year because the NCAA just hasn't found the time to make a decision yet, then fuck it. Well, more's the better for us. Well, one thing that's going to help me uh, drown my sorrows about the NCAA violations and the possible bowl ban is that uh, the SEC did something unprecedented this year prior to the SEC media days, which just happened last week. Uh, the SEC, I guess, different programs, the whole committee of all the schools got together and voted for the first time to allow alcohol sales in stadium at football games. Big news. Big. Yeah, hallelujah. Mizzou is a program. You know, we're talking about the South and liking change? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about alcohol for a second. Uh, Mizzou is all for this. I mean, if you didn't know this about Missouri, it is the most liberal, and I don't mean it in the political sense, I mean it in the open-minded sense, uh, about state about booze laws. You we, can thank Anheuser-Busch for owning legislature for about a hundred years uh, for that uh, glorious situation. A lot of people not from Missouri, they don't realize that you, most places you can't buy uh, Jim Beam at Target. Yeah. <laughs> but in Missouri, it's as natural right as... next to the diapers. I was there <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, sure. As well it should be. Yeah. yeah. Rub <laughs> it on the gums. Make them quiet No, that's down. true. That's true. I, I, you know, I remember, you know, being of a drinking age and, and traveling and sort of, you know, you turn 21 or maybe a little before that, but you, you realize how difficult it is to get booze at a lot of these Midwestern states that surround us. I remember mm-hmm. going to Oklahoma and not being able to buy ice where I bought the booze. And I'm like... 
Now, who's that going to stop? What's that rule for? I know. It's just how ridiculous they are. I remember being in Alabama. There's a place called Wayne's in Alabama, and it's the only fucking place for 300 miles that sells alcohol on Sunday. <laughs> how do they get away with it? Yeah, they probably some had to drive some 250 town, miles to find Wayne's. Town, uh, some town statute or something, but... I remember there was some sort of ridiculous liquor tax. Like somebody was buying a, you know, a fifth of Jim Beam and it was like $84. Like, what the fuck? And it's like, yeah, there's just a gigantic liquor tax. And I'm like, what is crazy? Minnesota. I mean, a lot of those places are, you, you can't buy liquor on Sunday. Either you can't, you have to buy whiskey or hard spirits, spirits in a different place beer. than a beer. Yeah. Can't buy ice on site. Some places like own their liquor stores mm-hmm. and all these weird rules. And they're just, they're no consistency to them. And the thing about it is like, Oh, we don't want you drinking on Sunday because this is a Christian state. Well, what's to stop you from buying it on Saturday? It's not punishing you for not being Christian enough. It's punishing you for being a bad planner. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Buy all your booze on Saturday and get drunk as a skunk on Sunday. It happens. <laughs> Guess what? It happens, I was, Alabama. I think I was in Minnesota. They, their liquor stores, they couldn't sell booze inside the grocery store. So every single grocery store in that fucking state has a separate building right next liquor to it store. that says there's a liquor store. Here's the Gerbs. Here's Gerbs Liquor. The two buildings cannot be the same building. Nope. So every fucking grocery store just has a pimple of a grocery store grown off its ass where they sell the booze. And it's like a 30% tax higher than ours on all liquor Yeah, it's nuts. Cigarettes. It's, it's nuts. It is stupid. And so, yeah, so Missouri is uh, the best <laughs> when it comes to booze. Well, and for a while, I don't know if it's still the case, but it's like you could drive with an open container. You can't anymore. They got rid of that. They, they were going to lose a bunch of... Uh, Federal money. Uh, like they're they're going to lose a bunch of federal money because it had become a very in vogue law to have. You yeah. can if you're good. <laughs> well, I thought it's, it was awesome because it's like just because there's open liquor in the car doesn't mean the driver's drinking it. You know. Well, I mean, that, to a certain extent, that is. It you know, there's no reason to assume that they would be. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they were going to lose some federal money over it, so they had to pass that. So you can no longer just hey, the more you know. Kids, yeah. for the Mazodcast yeah. listeners, also, don't have open containers. Also, shout out to Coors for their to-go drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Put a little, yeah. Put put a little a, lid on it and you go to Trops. That's not an open container. That's crazy. Yeah, we learn all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, anyway, anyway, the end of the day, SEC, booze. Yeah, when the, well, I was going to say. None of us drive and drink either. We don't have licenses. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We'll all be taken away. Um, a lot of those SEC places... They are, they're the same places that like to pretend like their teenagers don't fuck. Uh, they like to pretend that people don't drink. Yeah. And so, uh, they, they don't want liquor on, at their stadiums, but mm-hmm. enough did, I guess. And the, and let's be honest, it's, it's all about the money. money. There's so much money to be made from selling beer in the stadiums. And at the end of the day, most people would easily take a dump and sacrifice all of their so-called principles for a nickel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. They're eager to do the booze. The funny thing to me is Louisiana and LSU are one of the ones who are most in favor and have driven this. I mean, Missouri likes it too, but they don't have any power in the conference. LSU has wanted this for some time. And I'll tell you, a fan base that doesn't need to be any drunker. It's LSU. <laughs> yeah. Well, LSU is, um, I mean, we we're talking about the South here, but if there's a trailer park fan base, it is LSU. And that's what I appreciate about them. They're, mm-hmm. they're all for the booze. Like there's no pretense. Let's get loaded. Let's watch some football. I think Texas A&M was the first one to expand the booze in the conference. Yeah. Yep. They so, allowed it. So, yeah, I know like LSU has already said yay to it. I fully expect Mizzou to do it as fast as we can do it. I'm surprised. The only reason Mizzou hasn't done it before is because they just weren't allowed oh, No, no, to. no. I'm surprised we haven't officially said that we're doing it this season oh, just yet. just go for it. Because LSU has. LSU has said, yeah, we're uh, we're boozing this season. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. So uh, that is a huge change. And honestly, it's also a big thing. Not just the money uh, it booze brings in, but it's also a way to get people off oh, their I couch. I promise you, Anheuser-Busch probably owns two suites in they the do. fucking stadium right now. Well, 
I was just going to say that a big part of this is to get people's fat asses off their own couches and their HD TVs and get them yeah. actually in the stadium. Yeah, the winning football everyone, team would go along with that. Everyone loves paying 10 bucks for beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, if it's a matter of paying $10 for beer or not having beer, I'll, no. I've proven it many a baseball game. <laughs> I'll have a beer. Uh-huh. Give me two. That's right. Yeah, I will burn a hundy on <laughs> beer. So I don't know if it'll have an impact on uh, attendance on attendance or not. But uh, one thing that probably will is the new South End Zone is going to be built. It yeah. might keep people there. Well, after I tell you, I think time. that I can't. I I wouldn't discount that the South End Zone and the construction and everything looking pretty has something to do with the sort of momentum this season. Kelly Bryant, new you know stadium improvements, uh, booze. I mean, it all helps. The last time though, I can really remember Mizzou's stadium being a raucous mm-hmm. like. Full places when uh, Chase Daniel was having his run with the Tigers, and they were really doing well. And I remember, you know, one of the girls I worked with at the time coming to work on a Monday morning complaining because Mizzou had played Texas at uh, at our place, and she her seat was taken. Mm-hmm. And when she told the guy, like, you got to get out of my seat. Those are my – I have tickets for those seats. They're like, well, to get the people who are in our seats out. Mm-hmm. And then you can have yours. And so it was just people were sitting in the aisles. Yeah. There were more people in that stadium than the stadium would hold. How they got in, God only knows. But I haven't seen a Mizzou football game like that in a long time. And um, I'm hoping that we'll return to that at some point. Yeah. It's been, it has been many years since we've even hit the 60,000 mark, much less filled it up at like 75,000. Yeah. And so uh, it'll be interesting. It's going to be a really cool looking addition, which not just for, um, you know, for seats and suites, but it also has all the offices and mm-hmm. uh, training facilities. And uh, outside of it, we've been taking photos of it throughout the summer just to keep track of how the produ- how the construction is going. There is this great big new tiger statue. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but uh, it's like a huge bronze statue that they're adding to the uh, the front of this new facility's entrance. And I thought it was kind of cool because the guy who sculpted this the sculptor is the same guy who did all the little sculptures outside of bush stadium mm-hmm. and in kansas city and actually at the uh, st louis blues hockey arena who just won the stanley cup he's he's an artist his name's harry weber and he's done a lot of artwork around the state and around the country he's a really well-known uh sculptor and so we sat down with him and uh, talk to him about the new Tiger statue that's been installed in front of the South End Zone. A little tidbit, since there isn't football to talk about. Uh, after we get back from break, we'll have the interview with uh, Harry Weber, the Tiger sculptor. This is the Mazzotcast. This is Anna. She's crazy about football. Her team is playing at home next week, and she really wants to go. But when she looks for tickets, they're all sold out. Anna doesn't know where else to look. There are hundreds of confusing websites, and scalpers are sketchy. But then, Anna discovers SeatGeek. SeatGeek finds tickets from hundreds of sources and puts them all in one interactive map. Anna easily buys the best deal, with two taps and no surprises. When game day arrives, Anna scans her ticket using SeatGeek and gets to her seat before the first snap. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. With us now is legendary artist, Missouri's own sculptor Harry Weber, who is the man behind the new Tiger sculpture, which will be 
put in the south end zone and the new south end zone project. In fact, it's being installed today, uh, Monday. So, uh, Harry, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So, uh, I have a lot of questions about this because this will be the gateway to the, the new construction on that south end zone and it, it looks like a beautiful tiger sculpture. And I was just curious about how the project came about and, uh, when were you contacted about, uh, possibly putting something like this together? Well, I was contacted about a year and a half ago, and uh, we submitted some designs. And the one thing they wanted to make sure was that uh, this time they had a vicious tiger, which I was <laughs> kind of happy about because about a dozen years ago they had a uh, uh, a contest for the tiger that's now on campus somewhere. And uh, I submitted a design, and they said, well, they thought it was too vicious, <laughs> <laughs> too mean-looking, too mean-looking a tiger. So outside the football stadium, I guess they want a mean-looking tiger. It's about... 14 feet from end to end, and it's a it's a big damn tiger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's not your first sculpture at the stadium. You are, if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, responsible for the famous Don Ferro statue at the other end of the stadium as well. That's correct, and uh, and Norm Stewart outside the uh, the basketball. Yeah, and that's a relatively new one. That was a couple of years ago, I think, right? They put the Norm Stewart statue right. in. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people, even people who aren't as big Mizzou fans, know your work out in Kansas City, St. Louis. I know a lot of the statues of famous Cardinal players are your work, and I think uh, uh, maybe Dick Hauser at the Kansas City uh, Kauffman Stadium. A lot of the the uh, right. sports fans will know your work yeah. all across the state. Yeah, I've got about I've got three out at uh, Kauffman Stadium, and all the ones around Bush, except for the big museum, which I didn't do. That was done in 1963. Mm-hmm. So all the all the other ones I have. How long does it take to put together a statue like the tiger you just finished up and and is being installed in the South End Zone? Well, uh, from start to finish, it took about a year. It was uh, it was a long haul because uh, it, it's a fairly big piece, so it took a lot of uh, armature work and a lot of clay loading and you know even before we could even start the sculpting so and then after the original art's done in clay of course it's another six months at least of uh, mold work and uh, making waxes from the molds getting the foundry to cast the thing and it was cast probably in no 60 different pieces wow which had to be welded back together <laughs> so it's like assembling a giant jigsaw puzzle where each piece weighs about 50 pounds do you know what the total sculpture weight is it is probably in the neighborhood of 2,000 pounds by the time we get done with all the stainless steel and uh, support structure. The sculpture itself, uh, when was it completed? Uh, We completed it, oh, about uh, a month ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then just finished it off, you know, last last couple of weeks with the the patina, which, you know, put the stripes on the tiger and the color and that kind of stuff. And there's still another couple of weeks of work to do because... The tiger installed is elevated a little bit, and we're going to build natural-looking rocks underneath it so that it looks like it's climbing on rocks. And the guy that's doing that is the one that did all the work at the Nashville Zoo and aquariums across the country. It's probably going to look kind of cool. Yeah, and you are, uh, you're a Missouri native yourself, isn't that right? I am. I'm from St. Louis. So I think it's it's really cool that uh, you've got a legacy of, uh, of of sculptures around campus, uh, around the around our athletic facilities. And I was going to ask you that the tiger that you made for the South End Zone. You mentioned that you had a you put in a uh, a bid for the tiger that is now I think in the South Quad, south of the Jesse Hall around the fountain. Is this going to be sim- Is this similar to that? Uh, 
idea that you were originally wanted to to submit for that? Piece? Uh, similar, but not the same. It's it's probably a little meaner actually than the one I did, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's about twice as big. So no, it's it's just uh, it's about a twice life size tiger. What do you do to to start a process like that? Do you like have photos or or go to the zoo or what oh, do you do? Oh yeah, we got we had tons and tons of photos, but then you know it all boiled down to uh, the sketches that we did because we wanted the tiger to look very muscular and very uh, I don't know about to spring. Mm-hmm. You know, he's crouched down, mouth wide open, and uh, it, we based it on oh I'd say a hundred different pictures. Yeah, but it's a it's a Siberian tiger more than uh, more than a, a Bengal tiger. It's it's a heavy, heavy tiger. Have you done a lot of animal sculptures before? I know you've done a lot of statues. Well, of, of, well, we did. Yeah, we've done a lot of animals. We've done you know horses, and uh, we we did the bull and bear down at Seville, down at uh, Broadway in Washington, which is a a twelve foot bull and a twelve foot bear fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So I I got my start you know forty years ago uh, doing basically sporting art animals. Uh, Dogs and horses and foxes and things like that. So yeah, I've, I've done a lot of animal work in my life. I know you've done so much work around the state and around the country, even. But do you? Maybe artists get asked this a lot, and I don't know if this is a good question or not. But do you have a favorite, a favorite sculpture you've done, or a favorite location that you've had a piece installed? Oh well, I've got, I've got some favorite stories about them, but that's uh, <laughs> the, probably one of my favorites was uh, in the news. A couple of weeks ago, when uh, the Blues were playing Boston, and uh, we did the Bobby Orr statue up in Boston, and also Bernie Federico in St. Louis. So we uh, we had statues at both locations. Yeah, and the, and the Bobby Orr one it, it, that was from a Stanley Cup Finals when they were playing the Blues, isn't it? I think the, the... that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was when Bobby Orr scored uh, the winning goal that won the cup, and in 1970, and Noel Picard. Stuck his uh, stick under Bobby's skate and flipped him up in the air, and that's why he's flying in the air. <laughs> Given what happened in St. Louis with the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, I wouldn't be surprised if you got another call for uh, something. <laughs> I hope so. I really do. Yeah. There's uh, there are three hockey players out in front of uh, the Blues, and I only did one of them. I only did the uh, the Bernie Federico. The other two, I don't know. Yeah. Well, certainly they're going to need a statue of uh, the players hoisting the Stanley Cup. I think. Oh, I would love that. That would be great. <laughs> so and anyway, but I I, I really enjoy where I mean, the people I've worked with to finish all the way from uh, when you know when we worked with the guys doing Don Perot, and that was almost twenty years ago when we did that. But everybody has just been fabulous out there at, at the zoo. They're a great bunch of people to work with. Well, I know when they talked about having a statue out there, you were the first name that came to mind because your uh, your history with us here at Mizzou, and I know that a lot of fans. But we we tweeted out a picture of the of the statue being installed, and of course nobody can really see it because it's under wraps and protective wrap right now, and being installed on a rainy day. But I know a lot of people are eager to see your work finally unveiled, and it'll be a great. I mean, it's the sort of cherry on top of a of a really neat South End Zone project going in. Oh, that is a wonderful facility back there. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have something involved with that. Yeah, I so assume there'll be. If you some... get a chance, thank every thank everybody at Mizzou. I hope the fans enjoy it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know that they will. And I really appreciate you joining us to tell us a little bit about it because here it's in the summer when we're waiting for football season to get started, it's, it's neat to see something come together and remind us that uh, football's around the corner. And we really appreciate uh, talking to us and the work that you've done because it's, it, like I said, it was really going to cap off a really cool thing. And it's going to be fun to, to have everybody meet at the stadium around your tiger sculpture. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you. This is uh, original music. It comes from a listener, Chris Pritham, featuring Speak Easy. The uh, song is titled Boss. You can find it on YouTube or wherever I'm music like it. this is made. Yeah. Shaking like your head. It. Yeah. You know, play it in your car on the way to Feeling work. the beat. <laughs> so, Makes me want to eat some curry or something. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so uh, send your music in. We've gotten some songs over the summer from people who uh, are creating music, doing things that we're mm-hmm. not capable of. Yeah. We'll play it on the show. Send it to mizodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're a sculptor who wants to be interviewed by a sports podcast, feel free to email us, apparently. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Harry Weber, the... Uh, the guy's like 70 years old. He's still making like four-ton fucking bronze sculptures. Mm-hmm. Well, Brennan, they say if you are doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. I just made that up. <laughs> That's right. Some wisdom from Colin. And yeah. uh, speaking of wisdom, there's a wise one we haven't spoken to in a long time, but he's on the line now. Who is it? It's uh, head coach Barry Odom. He's going to talk to us about the 2019 season. Coach Odom, are you there? Hey, yeah, you got very talk at me. Hey, Coach, it's been a long time since we've uh, had a chance to chat with you. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, no problem, boys. I've always enjoyed talking to the fans. Are you uh, are you excited about football? It's only, uh, what, 33 days away. Well, you know, I'm like a little bit like a kid on Christmas, man. I don't even think about it till it's here. You know, so I'm a, you know, I, I got other things in my mind, but when football starts, I'll be right. But, boys, I'll tell you what, there's a part of me that wishes summer could go on forever. It's <laughs> part of you that doesn't want to coach? Well, I mean, I always want to coach. I mean, kind of. But, I mean, like, you're talking about a guy who uh, has spent his summer fishing and going to Sandals Reports. And, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not work. I'll tell you that, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Coach, what did you do this summer? I mean, you mentioned doing some fishing. How did you, how did you spend your time? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm a, I'm a carp man. You know, most people don't like them, but they're pretty good eating. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I did a lot of carp fishing. And uh, I don't know. I mean... I just drank a lot. Me and the wife traveled, got us up an RV. Yeah, it was a, I got a sweet deal. It was in 1988, so it was uh, it was real cheap. And we uh, traveled around the country. Saw the uh, world's largest ball of twine twice. Oh, wow. It's huge, man. <laughs> impressive. That's impressive. Well, I'll tell you what, boys. I, I, I've gotten really big into the interwebs. And so I've got this. There's this, there's this site. You guys may know about it. I don't know. It's called Facebook. Oh. They've all got these little swap area shops. Like Columbia's got one, like Columbia Swap. Man, I've been swealing and dealing. I got just, I bought, I'm going to tell you what, I got a real nice leaf blower. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and all I had to do was give them like two tennis rackets and, a, and an old bicycle for it. It was great. <laughs> so, you, so you've been uh, bartering, buying, and trading things online this summer, huh? Yeah, man. It's great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Coach, football season, like I did say, is around the corner. Um, are you excited about Mizzou? You just got back from Hoover, Alabama for SEC Media Days and uh, seemed excited about the upcoming year. Yeah, I'm excited about the football season. I'll tell you another side about it is Hoover, Alabama. Jesus Christ, who decided on that place? Yeah, it's not, not fun. Uh, there wasn't a single strip joint in the whole fucking town. You believe that, boys? I do. It's Alabama. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you what. Old Barry didn't much enjoy that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. You you have to get uh, let your hair down a little bit in the evenings after a long day in front of the media. But you ain't kidding. So uh, I like hammering about I don't know somewhere between twelve and eighteen beers and giving the old lady the rut of a lifetime. You know what I mean? <laughs> the old Oklahoma eight. Yeah, yeah. I, know I you... tell you what, boys. If I don't want to get my old lady pregnant, I'll just fold that son bitch over and leave the squirting end out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of the guys on the show need to take a few notes on that, Coach. And uh, I know it is always fun to, to be in a hotel room. I'm sure they put you in a nice one. And uh, Sure, man. You're spending $200 a night. You're going to get your money's worth. <laughs> I'm glad to know you got to, you had some opportunities while you are down there. Uh, you you were brought Kelly Bryant down, your new quarterback, and he was uh, interesting to listen to. And uh, I know Yeah, you're... he's sharp as a tax side to be a football player for the Missouri University. Yeah. We could be happier to have him. Different style of quarterback than you've been used to in uh, Drew Locke, though. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, no Drew, that boy's feet were made of cinder blocks. This, uh, this old Kelly, man, he, he knows how to run. Yeah, he's a, he's a fast kid, and um, he's had a lot of success at Clemson. He's so. got a rocket for an arm, too. I mean, like, I know people give him a little, uh, talk about how much he can run, but boy, that boy can throw the ball now. Yeah. I mean, a long ways. So are you changing your game plan with this guy as your quarterback rather than having Drew Locke a little bit, you and Derek Dooley? <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'm not the offensive coordinator. <laughs> so you don't know what offense you're going to run? Do we take care of it? I mean, what the hell is my – that's my job, guys. I yeah. mean, I'm not going to be a micromanager. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a macro kind of guy. I tell these guys, I'm like, listen, we're paying you a lot of money. Figure it out, you know? <laughs> I got carp fishing to do. That's right. That's right, Coach. Uh, the offense looks to be pretty good this year. Uh, defensively, you know, the, the Tigers have a lot of returners as well. I think everybody's looking at this as a very mature team and a team that, uh, you know, presuming the bowl ban is lifted could be in a good position at the end of the year. Yeah, man. We're, uh, our, uh, schedule sets up nice. We got a lot of returning players. I mean, really guys, if I don't fuck this completely up, we ought to be real good. <laughs> what do you think the odds are that our, uh, NCAA ban will be, uh, overturned? Oh, boy, I don't know. I ain't no math major, but, uh, I mean, I'll give it 50-50 right now, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Does it, you have any inside you know, I, information I, I, for us? Inside? No. Hell, they don't tell me nothing. You know what I mean, Jim? I ask Jim Sturt questions. He don't answer. He don't answer my calls most of the time. Um, <laughs> you know, he's guy, I don't know what's going on. I don't want to talk about fishing. I mean, you can't believe how much that guy does not want to talk about the mating habits of the white-tailed deer. <laughs> <laughs> and so we don't talk a lot on the phone, ultimately. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I guess there's good and bad to that. But uh, anyway, Coach, we're... I'll tell you what, boys, I'm not going to lie to you. When you work for a university, you deal with a lot of eggheads. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Barry sometimes finds, has trouble finding people he wants to talk to. or want to talk to Barry's more accurate. A little lonely? Well, I mean, not lonely, but you know what I mean. Like, I'll tell you what Jim Sturt don't want to talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stag bear. <laughs> I don't know why not. It's a, it just rolls down the throat. Hey, you're preaching the choir, fella. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, we're excited to be back in the swing of things. We've taken off for a long time. We haven't gotten to talk to you in a while. And uh, so we're looking forward to hearing from you more of the season, especially when the uh, first game rolls around. Hey, guys, you know you can count on me. I enjoy talking to fans. I enjoy talking to you. I think everybody needs to be plugged into what I'm thinking about. You know, I want everybody to feel like they're part of this, ultimately. I mean, I want everybody to feel like they're paddled the same direction, you know, Mizzou, Ra. So, I mean, you know, very men of people, ultimately. I believe yeah. that. 
Coach, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about. Before I let you go, the South End Zone project's about complete. $100 million of the university spent on this new South End Zone complex. Liquor coming a gold tooth, ain't it? Yeah, it is. But I, one thing I wanted to bring up to you is the office. you got a brand-new, huge office with a fireplace Heck yeah. overlooking the stadium. That is nice. Hey, boys, you ain't, you ain't seen nice yet. I've got a foosball table ordered on Amazon. Should be in this week. We're going to have it nice in there. Already got a keg tap. Party Central. You know, I told uh, I told the architects I wanted to look just like Hayden Fox's office in the sitcom from the 90s, Coach, yeah. starring Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> he was my, few people know this to be, was my inspiration to become a head football coach. <laughs> is that right? Well, as, as a coach of the Screaming Eagles, he did have some success. Minnesota Screaming Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right so okay well that'd be interesting i'd love to see pictures of that when it's complete and to know that it was modeled after craig t nelson's office in the in the program coach yeah if i could just find me a defensive coordinator like luther van Dam, man we'd be all we'd be all world <laughs> i'll tell you what coach these are references that most of our fans will not be getting well fuck them <laughs> all right well, on that note i think i'll let you have your day back coaches great talking to you as always yeah you're probably that's probably a good idea boys i'm gonna tell you i'm about 17 deep right now in this it's a 30-pack, so maybe better get off the phone. All right, Coach M-I-Z. And you, you got it, boys. It's you. I got to tell you guys, I uh, I really would like to know what Coach has been buying and selling online lately. <laughs> yeah, those timely uh, sitcom references from the early 90s. Or, <laughs> Late 80s. Yeah. Even. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're pretty impressive. I think we know what Coach is watching on TV when he watches it. Yeah, I don't feel like many of the uh, students who come to our program for Mizzou Sports Information are going to follow most of those Screaming Eagle uh, references from T. Nelson's How long can I go about watching Coach now? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think really I ought to circle back to the next time we're on the phone and make sure he's 100% aware that that was a sitcom and not a documentary. It's <laughs> <That's> for real. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, we talked a lot about the upcoming Mizzou season, but uh, the conference at large has got a lot of things going on, so I think it's time. The first time in the 2019 season, we go around the horn with the SEC. We break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And so uh, we'll have to get some dust off of him, but uh, Colin, your creation, the Paul Feinbot. Here he is. Got him in the in the studio. I'm going to fire him up now. <laughs> Paul, it's been a long time. Are you ready to do this? Let's get started. All right, let's get started. Uh, what's going on around the conference? I guess nothing football-wise, but no. stuff. Well, I think we all decided to write down a little something about... Uh, each of the football teams in this conference this year, just to give people a, an inside look. With yeah, our, and I don't know if we want to go to every goddamn team, do we? Uh, let's, let's, I'll go through my four. I, we all took four. Yeah. Let me just power through <laughs> now, this. If everybody's doing the math at home, there's 14 teams in the league, and us, all three of us doing four adds up to 12. The reason being is one of those teams that we left off is Mizzou, who we've spent most of the show talking about already, and Vanderbilt, yeah. who we assume nobody gives a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, they lost, nailed it. They lost a coin flip to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah That's right. Nobody gives a fuck about so, them either. Let's see. Well, I've got Tennessee. Um, they have a quarterback. His name's Garantino or something of that ilk. Tano. Garantano. There you go. Incorrect. 
Yep, that's right. They seem to be pretty high on him, based on everything I'm reading, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that in uh, last year he's threw for 1,900 yards and a whopping 12 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they seem to think he's going to make leaps forward. As uh, So I don't know to trust that or not, because it's Tennessee and they always have some sort of uh, backwater view of, I don't they're completely delusional about what their team is, and mm-hmm. I imagine that extends to their quarterback. Yeah. They have a new offensive coordinator, Jim Chaney, who they stole from Georgia. I think the... Uh, Garantano kid that they're so happy about. He was good on third down, which seems to be the, what I read is being the like, oh yeah, he didn't throw for enough yards or enough touchdowns, but he's good on third down. So sure, why not? The, uh, the new offensive coordinator has a reputation for fitting offenses to talent, which to me, uh, should go without saying with an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So there's your, uh, your Vols breakdown. Uh, the Vols are going to be a turd burger this year. That is my prediction. It was an excellent breakdown. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Georgia. The Georgia Bulldogs, they were 11 and three last year. Mm-hmm. Favored, favored to be the... Uh... Now, here's the part that should scare all of us in this room, is that they have eight returning uh, offensive players, and they have eight returning defensive players. And the people filling those spots all have five stars next to their name. <laughs> that's right. So uh, it could be a, a complete butt-fucking for just about every team that's going to go up against Georgia. about the third year we've uh, Georgia's been leading the pack in the East yeah, they've by got, a long they've shot. Got a, they've got a, a good established quarterback in Fromm, and uh, they have a... Uh, all-world running back and the Swift kid. I mean, it's it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. They're going to pound some turds this season. Um, so that's the breakdown on uh, the old Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, SC, South Carolina, 7-6 last year, led by the Fighting Will Muschamps. Muschamp is 6-0 and against Tennessee. That was one of the things when I was doing my breakdown, I read, like, yeah, Tennessee is delusional. South Carolina owns them mm-hmm. with Mill, Mill, Mill Muschamp at the horn. Well, of course, not all those wins came as a South Carolina coach. Some of those came as Florida, but he has owned Tennessee, as so many people do. He's won 22 games in his first three seasons, Will Muschamp, which is apparently like a record for South Carolina, <laughs> which is a which should be an indicator to South Carolina. You're not nearly as good as you think you are. They've only had one good coach ever, and it's Steve Spurrier. Yeah, they like, borrowed from Florida. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But uh, what South Carolina does have is an established offense. They had five games where they had more than 500 yards of offense, and they had more than 30 points per game last season. Uh, Jake Bentley, their quarterback, returning, and they've got a running back trio that is returning all three of them. So it, they could be pretty salty on offense. Um, I'm ultimately going to declare them turd burger, though. If for those uh, keeping track at home, Tennessee turd burger, Georgia ass pounder, SC turd burger, and finally of my four is Auburn. They were eight and five last year, and their coach Malzahn is on the hot seat. He is, uh, uh, despite his. Record. I mean, he's he's won two West titles. He's been to six straight bowl games, and he's two and six against Nick Saban, which doesn't sound like much. But when you've won two games, that means he won. He beat Alabama twice. Anyway, he's got a new OC and a King Dellingham or something like that. He's got a returning uh, running back that's supposed to be pretty good in Whitlow. They're good in the trenches on both sides of the ball. The biggest story for Auburn, they've got a quarterback controversy. Which, if you don't have one quarterback at your school or professional program for that matter, you have no quarterbacks. Is my feeling. Uh, but they've got a freshman, Joey Gatwood. He's a red shirt. He's 6'5", 237, so he's a giant man throwing a football. And then they've got this interesting kid who's a legacy, uh, Bo Nix. His dad played for Auburn. He's supposed to be the uh, quintessential dual-threat quarterback, um, and they're in a competition. And as if anybody's listening to the show knows, I'm always going to say go with the dual-threat in college. So I would personally go with Bo Nix, not having seen either of them play <laughs> at all. Well, I'll tell you. So, but, Brendan... Finally, let me finish. Turd Burger. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> going through, listening to you jammer on about all these Turd Burgers, it makes me think, let's not go through every Turd Burger. Let's go to the top of the heap because there's a segment that we 
hadn't done that's far more important. Oh, we haven't done Kansas news yet. I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, so turd burgers are fine, but fuck something. You know, let's see. I got Arkansas on my list. I ain't talking about fucking Arkansas. Okay. Well, fuck let's just Arkansas. say turd burger. Yeah, they're turd burger. Okay. Uh, Mississippi State, they think they're going to be good, but I'm going to predict it right now. Turd burger. Mm-hmm. They're another one of those teams that has uh, Why would they think they're going to be good? <laughs> Just the delusion. Of, the delusion um, of the South. Okay. All right. Um, good enough. <laughs> yeah. Turn burger. Yeah. Um, LSU is for real, but they're going to do what they do for the last, I don't know, two decades, which is uh, be really good and then yeah, lose yeah. ultimately when it comes Losing to playing Alabama. But, Eight to five to Alabama. But ultimately, you're giving them the ass pounder grade. Yeah, they pound ass. Okay. Um, and the other one on my list is Ole Miss, who it'll be a big good win season if they can get to six wins in the bowl game for the first year in three years that they're eligible. But So, yeah. Turdburger. They're in the Turdburger category. What about you, Caleb? I have Alabama. So, ass list. pounder. Ass pounder. And then I have... They've got Tua. And then I have... Pound ass. Yeah. We've got Florida. Turdburger. Or ass pounder. Ooh, they, this they, is sort of on the fence. They, they it pounded, is, it's a fence. That's a 10-win team returning the quarterback. They licked around the ass last year. Yeah. Will they pound? Rim job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Caleb's kind of, kind of not going to take a firm position one way or the other there. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M. Now, everybody's saying they're ass pounder this year, buddy. What do you say? Jimbo's got them pounding ass. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. And then last on the list is Kentucky. Oh, they've oh. been so resurgent the last few years. I've, I've been told by the SEC media. Uh, they're they surely pounding ass, right? They lost their All-American running back. Oh, is that right? They're, I guess that means... They're back to being turd burgers. <laughs> yeah, oh, sad for them. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think we can go around, and I would say Mizzou this year, I would expect to pound a little ass. <laughs> <laughs> but you ain't kidding. <laughs> we got uh, uh, Kelly Bryant. We got uh, Roundtree. We got Beatty. We got a we Albert. We reach arounds either. We got Albert O. I mean, uh, the defense... I mean, if they could just not completely trip over their dicks, they could be better than last year's defense. I mean, and we got an easy schedule, so Mizzou raw. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Why don't we uh, take it into our final break of the day, come back and do Kansas News, and wrap this fucker up, the first one we've done since April. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. This song is uh, called Just a Thought. It comes to us from the artist Drez. Uh, again, he sent it in to mizodcast at gmail.com. We're going to play your music. Send it as well. We'd love to play it. Guys, we've been uh, we've been off for a long time, so there's a lot to catch up on in the world of Kansas, and it's time to once again check in with Kansas News. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. 
All right, first story of the day. Kansas man wins $22,000 in lottery while fighting with wife over how much he spends on lottery tickets. A Kansas man won. Showed her. <laughs> a Kansas man won both the lottery and an argument with his wife when he nabbed the top prize. Lewis Cronwitter told lottery officials in Kansas that he was checking his tickets online when his spouse came in to tell him off for how much he spends on lottery gaming tickets. As they fought, Cronwitter realized he'd won $22,000 with the 2 by 2 quick pick, the top prize. When I showed my wife how much I'd won, she immediately quit bickering. <laughs> now, I'm going to go ahead and say that the journalist who put this story together edited this guy for him. He said, quit bitching. Yeah, no oh, doubt sure. in my mind that this Kansas said, my wife quit bitching. This dumb bitch quit pissing in my ear. <laughs> yeah, and he changed it to, my old lady quit bickering. Well, my thing is, is that people that really do the lottery a lot, I mean, if they just put the money they spent on lottery tickets in a uh, mason jar, yeah. they would have $22,000 in a couple of years. <laughs> I bet this guy is one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, he spins every week. It says he added, we were both very surprised. Well, why are you buying the fucking tickets then if you think you're not going to win? Cronwitter <laughs> uh, thinks his luck is just beginning, though. It's hard to explain, but I've always known I would win the big prize, and I still have that feeling. I play Powerball, Mega Millions, Super Kansas Cash, and maybe I'll be back to claim the big jackpot. Mm, I'll bet he won't. A devout Catholic, Cronwitter plans to donate a portion of his winnings to the church. This is what you do when you win a big jackpot. You say, when the article comes out, you tell the newspaper guy you're going to donate it all to uh, some charity, mm -hmm. and then you just never do that thing. No, they can't also maybe tax a big, returns. a big advocate for hiding child rape. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Probably. If, you're, if, you're, if you have a vested interest in that, good way to spend your money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just think it's, you get the goodwill of saying you're going to donate the stuff. Everybody's like, oh, that's good of him to donate that yeah. money, and then you buy a new Camaro. Just yeah. so you guys know, <laughs> if I win the big jackpot, sure. I'm not donating to anything or <laughs> anyone except my drug and alcohol program. Well, yeah. we would expect nothing less. <laughs> and by program, I mean what I buy to put in my body. That's we right. know exactly what you mean. Don't still be here when the sun comes up. Man banished from Kansas in plea deal. Oh, nice. The whole state. In, <laughs> two years ago, a man named Bo Dana Bastard. Rupert stood before the Montgomery County, Kansas judge, pleading no contest to charges of criminal threat to interfere with law enforcement. Rupert's attorney, a public defender in southeast Kansas County near Oklahoma's border, had negotiated a plea deal with the prosecutor. The proposed punishment for the defendant? 12 months probation. And get the fuck out of Kansas. And get the fuck out of Kansas. The defendant agreed to transfer his corrections to another state and not return to Kansas. Rupert took the judge's advice. He left the state in a car, not on horseback, and hasn't come back. Yes. Why would they even mention horseback? Well, because it's getting to their cool little uh, analogy here. The caveat. Yes, this sounds like a B-grade Western. Sending defendants into state exile uh, is almost <sighs> certainly illegal. Kansas was my home for two years, and my banishment sentence has kept me from my family and destroyed my life. I was starting to build for myself, Rupert says in an email provided by the ACLU. Uh, in ancient Greece, it was called exile, the group's lawyers have told the court. In the American West, it was called the sundown probation, the practice of dropping convicted defendants at the state line. Mr. Rupert is now subject to the very same punishment. They can't make a reference to horses before they have explained 
what they're making a reference to. That no. is, this is my problem with the article. It's bad that writing. That is poorly written. <laughs> it's a Kansas paper, but you're right. It is bad writing. Can, if Kansas banishes miscreants, why wouldn't other states do the same thing? Why should one state be able to unload its troublemakers on another? No doubt if there's anything, we should treat Kansas like Australia and just send all of our awful, awful people there. Yeah, the fundamental approach is said should be obvious. Ordering a defendant to go out of town by sundown, no less, is wrong. The ACLU stated that banning someone from Kansas should not even be considered punishment. It should be considered a reward. No, I do not disagree with that. <laughs> it, is. it is a horrible place. <laughs> it is. I mean, if somebody said, you have to get out of Kansas and never come back, I would what say, would oh, thank you very much. What would be punishment is if a judge said, you have to live in Kansas. I know. Like that, you have to, like, you're sentenced to three years of living in Kansas. Mm-hmm. You'd never shoplift again. Yeah, or, or if you knew you were going to get kicked out of Kansas, you wouldn't shoplift as fast as you could. Yeah, like, what's the most expensive thing I can steal? Hey, cop, you check what us. I'm doing here now. <laughs> yeah. Watch me kill this hobo with a hammer. <laughs> really get me out of Kansas? Kansas man charged with robbing bank after making fake report. A Kansas man with a history of making hoax 911 reports has been charged with reporting a fake bank robbery and then actually carrying out the crime less than two hours later. Oh, noise. The Wichita Eagles reports that Jeremy Voss was charged Wednesday in a federal court with bank robbery. Wichita police spokesman Kevin Wheeler said Voss made a fake report before approaching a teller Tuesday with a note and said he was armed and wanted cash. Wheeler says Voss then fled with the money. So he thought he was going to be smart here and he's going to make a hoax call and hoping that when the call came in when he robbed the bank, they'd think, little boy crying wolf. Yeah, or it's like, well, we've already been out there once. We're still eating our donuts. <laughs> yeah. I, there's not a lot of logic behind his plan. Or raping, you know, the, the teenage wives we plan to take. Sure. Voss has been on probation since 2017 in a case when he lied about purported emergencies. A police affidavit shows that Voss reportedly called 911 several times in 2016 and 17 to report house and building fires, traffic crashes, and other events that just never happened. Yeah, you want to hear a digression, Brennan? When uh, I'm old enough to still remember a time when you could make prank telephone calls, I believe both of you gentlemen are old enough to remember that time. Oh, not only do I remember it, I remember it fondly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we called some, uh, I don't know, like suicide hotline. Me and my buddies, like we're 13 or 14 years old, and basically told stories of woe about how I was getting pubes and no one else was getting pubes and it was made me embarrassed and <laughs> like I'm thinking about suicide because of my, Good Lord. Because of my pubes. I told you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hear the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Sure. Anyway, I remember this most scared I'd ever been in my life was um, those places you call like that have can trace your call and they called us back after we hung up. Mm-hmm. And they knew we were fucking with them, obviously. Sure. But, yeah, uh, rarely they, do they get the pube suicide calls. <laughs> no shit about that. Anyway. Took it real serious. Yeah, exactly. They call us back and they threaten to send the police out. No, we can't. You threaten to commit suicide. We can't take that as a, you know, that's not a laughing threat, matter. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to, we're going to send the cops out. And so we spent the rest of the night in mortal fear. A couple of us walked to the top of the road at the neighborhood to try to meet the cops and head them off and let them know that it was all good before the parents found out. And then they were just bluffing. Yeah, they were just bluffing. They didn't say anybody. They were just fucking with us the way we were fucking with them. Yeah. It's not, I've always said that there's nothing worse on earth than 13-year-old boys. No. They're, they just ought to put them in, just lock them away until they're about 27. <laughs> they can be reasonable human beings again. Yeah, sure. Kansas man breaks into salvage yard, plays demolition derby. A Kansas man is accused of breaking into a salvage yard in Hutchinson, Kansas, and playing demolition derby. While in the salvage yard, Logan Bromwell 
found vehicles that could run and started crashing them into each other. Bromwell is accused of crashing through a gate in yet another vehicle. He allegedly took one of the vehicles to a local quick shop, bought gas, and returned to the salvage yard to continue crashing into other vehicles. <laughs> Bromwell is charged with a felony theft and criminal damage. The crimes occurred between March 31st and April 1st. During the court appearance Tuesday, Bromwell has denied a bond reduction. This guy, uh, another brilliant criminal, do you yeah. want to take a stab at his age? What do you think? How old a guy do you think does this? 22. Caleb? What was his name again? That's a good that's a good question. His name is Logan Bromwell. Cuz his name is cuz if his name is Keith, you know he wasn't born, you know, anytime soon. But like if he's Logan, I mean there you go. That that's a pretty you're going to see playing Logan. 26. Caleb's is 26. I said I said 22. I think this is a young man's game. It is a young man's game. Uh Colin, your closest, the kid Logan Bromwell was 19 years old. I almost said 19. Yeah. I almost said 19. I think when you do stupid shit like this and you're still a teenager, even though you're on the back end of your teen years, Mm -hmm. you can just chalk it up to being a teenager. yeah, and I I think uh, Caleb asked an excellent question there about the name because, you know, as as the father of uh, many children, me and Caleb, I I know Caleb can speak to this, but, like, if you go to, like, a six-year-old soccer game, you know, there's there's, there's four Graysons on the team, Mm -hmm. and they're... they only slightly outnumber the three Liams. And Bradens and Aidens and Cadens and <laughs> yeah, Maidens exactly. and Jaden and Clayton. If you guys are about ready to pop out kids, if you're a listener to the show, don't name your kid Grayson. I'm telling you, I, my profession puts me around kids. Yeah, which sure. Is a scary His profession thought. does. Yeah, so... That's uh, why you're around a lot of kids. <laughs> there's a lot of fucking Graysons. I'm going to lie to you. A lot. <laughs> stop naming your kid yeah, Grayson. Stop naming your kid Grayson and put Liam to bed too, guys. There's a lot of Liams out there. Your wife is not being original when she says Liam. She just wants to fuck an oasis. Guy. <laughs> no, she's she's into Liam Neeson. Yeah. She's she watched Taken. <laughs> Next story. His, his set of skills knocks your wife up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kansas woman admits to crashing car into Cabela's to steal guns. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, Kansas woman admits in federal court to her role in crashing a car into a Cabela store to steal guns. I can't believe someone living in Kansas needed more guns. I figured they just completely stocked at all times. <laughs> yeah. uh, on Monday, Brenda Tosh pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring to steal guns from a federal licensed firearm. I like how that's dealer. how they're gonna they're gonna charge her with trying to steal guns, even though she didn't steal any guns. What she did do. Was Crash plow car. her car into a fucking business. <laughs> sure. They're charging her what she was trying to do, in. not what she did. <laughs> she admitted that she and co-defendant Kyle Mendez crashed a car into a Cabela store in Kansas and stole long guns from a firearm oh, section. there, huh? Yeah, court documents state the couple used a shopping cart to steal two 12-gauge shotguns, a 22 caliber rifle, a 308 caliber rifle, and a 223 caliber rifle. think about this. So they drove a car to the front of a business, thought that they were going to have time to grab a shopping cart and grab a bunch of guns and drive away before anybody was going to notice. And even if they were able to do that, they think nobody's going to be able to track that down. Yeah. You were on camera physically, and your <laughs> license plate was shown to the world. Yeah. Good luck getting your car out of the, I don't know, building. They'll shoot their way out of it, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, they got a 308 now. They're going to no, no fuck them up. Who's going to stop them? Police arrived on the scene and arrested Tosh before she could leave the store. They arrested Mendez after he ran from the store and stole a car. From a nearby dealership. He left her ass goodbye. Well, here's what I love is the idea that whether what, whatever you're doing, if your accomplice is your wife or your friend or whomever, if one of you is caught, you're both caught. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no gonna circumstance. Rat. She's going to rat. That bitch going to rat you out. There is no circumstance. Well, even if they didn't rat you out, like, oh, let's see who's who the last four people he called or texted were. Yeah. Like, this is not, not going to take long to narrow down your, your social network. <laughs> Especially when they see you on the camera. Yeah, exactly. Many, many people are saying these two weren't very smart. Yeah, well, the, many people are saying that. The last line of the story said both parties have admitted to authorities that their plan was not well thought out. <laughs> well, you ain't lying. I wonder if drugs were involved. Mm. That is a bit of a pickle. They were, they were probably sniffing that prairie dog pee again. Oh, no. that's strong stuff. Yeah, prairie dog angel stuff. Last story of the day. Make it a good one. All right, Kansas isn't a fun state. New study finds Kansas ranks near the bottom of funnest states to visit, according to a new study. I've got a news flash: water wet, sky blue. <laughs> WalletHub.com released its most fun states in America findings on Monday. Kansas ranked 41st out of 50 states. Comparing surrounding states, Colorado came in at number 5, Missouri was number 11, Oklahoma nice. 26, and Nebraska was 38. I'm shocked we were number 11. Yeah. But we got some major metropolitan areas. And well, think about how some states, much like Kansas or, say, South North Dakota, are just fucking dirty dust bowls. No, there's true. nothing in that I always tell state. people there's a reason that uh, the uh, government gave Oklahoma to the Indians. It wasn't because we wanted it. No, it's because it was a terrible, yeah, it was a terrible nothing place. can grow there. <laughs> it's a terrible dust bowl, uh, and uh, that's why you know the government was like, "Here, you can have it." Kansas was rated to have the 38th best entertainment and recreation and 32nd best nightlife, according to Wallet listing the highest rankings Kansas had mm-hmm. in their survey. And that's all from spillover from Missouri. It yeah. is, yeah. The only thing Kansas has is suburbs of Missouri City. <laughs> yeah. Wallet Hub compared the 50 states across 26 key indicators of a jolly good time that won't break the bank including movie costs to accessibility to national parks or casinos per capita. Wallet Hub congratulated Kansas on ranking higher than it ever had in the history of in its Kansas's survey. In Kansas's defense, I guarantee you Wallet Hub did not take into account ease and access to intercourse with animals. That's true. I mean, that is a if form of had, entertainment. Or if fucking they, mufflers. Yeah. yeah all of it very them. inexpensive entertainment inexpensive as well. Inexpensive and readily available in the state of Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, maybe you take that into consideration next time. We can get them up to number 40. <laughs> yeah. Wallet Hub, fucking morons. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. All right, guys, we've successfully done it. We've uh, covered... I feel but, like we've talked about Mizzou football very little. Yeah, well, there's been very little to talk about. So. No Tigers. Yeah, we've done what we can, but uh, football season is around the corner. We're excited to be back. Um, I think we should announce that uh, this isn't the only podcast you should be listening to, though, if you are a Mizzou fan. But interested in the conference at large, we're going to partner with our friends at Armchair All-Americans, and we are creating an all-new podcast. I think we briefly mentioned it earlier in the spring. Mm-hmm. SEC After Dark. Look at it on your Apple podcast feed or Stitcher or wherever you it's listen to podcasts. Basically, this podcast only we're not completely in the tank. For the Mizzou Tigers. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cover the entire league, the entire oh, we conference. Are, we are completely naked. It's after dark. And, you know, for, you know, we'll tell you Missouri listeners, obviously, that uh, we're going to hide the fact that we're from, you know, we just feel like if we told people we're from Missouri, they would immediately turn us off if they're from Alabama. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, what is places, Miz- Missouri, what? they're not even in the conference. Yeah. Yankees. <laughs> you know, so, so we're going to play that down. We're going to play that close to the vest. But we're going to bring a couple of things if you maybe like from the Mazadcast. We're taking, we're going to drag the Paul Feinbot of to our SEC uh, After Dark studio because obviously he knows all there is to know about the SEC at large, not mm-hmm. just Missouri. So, sure. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that we do similar there that we do here, but uh, it's going to be its own show. And I assume as we go on, it's going to evolve and take on its own character. Sure. 
And hopefully we'll bring on some fans from outside the state and uh, grow into the media empire that we've always wanted to be. Sure. I want to crush people between my fingers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I really want yeah, to do look that. down on them, too. Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. I want to buy foreign hookers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More foreign hookers for Caleb. So Look at my, look at my deeds, the mighty, in despair. <laughs> so, I guess... Uh, in- I also want to wear a derby hat and not be scoffed at. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that if you got enough money. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Scarves? You can lots of stuff. You can, you can go ahead with the show now if you'd like. Well, all I was going to do is shut down the fucking show, Caleb. We've been at it for I don't know how long and, uh, you know, there's too been, long. Too long. Yeah. So, uh, I'm ready to shut this motherfucker down. All you right. Guys, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers! Craig T. Nelson.